0: Here, still going through the book of Matthew. We have progressed now to chapter 17. We were talking some in chapter 16, Um, of course, as a a prelude to uh, this section on the uh, transfiguration, and we kind of got down into chapter 17 some. So I kind of want to go back to to, uh, verse 1 of chapter 17 and Maybe elaborate just a little bit on some of the things that we may have covered or whatever. Get, maybe get a little better understanding of what occurs there. So um, just bear with me. Um, if I repeat myself some, and, you know, that's it's okay. It's not that big a deal. Just follow along and, uh, you know, if you have any questions, research it for yourself. I mean, if you really want to send me a text or a message or email or something like that, you feel free to do so. So anyway, here we are, chapter 17. It begins reading in verse 1. And after six days, uh, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth him up into a high mountain apart. Now, one thing I want to point out here, he mentions this is six days. If you read in Luke about this this same same situation, um, Luke mentions eight days. That's not a contradiction uh, that can be easily reconciled um, because when you you know the whole idea between in the uh, the four gospels <clears throat> is that they're presented in, in four different ways from the viewpoint of the writer, and so they approach things very differently and they kind of see or remember things somewhat differently. Not that they conflict, but but um, you know they're they're. Uh, <clears throat> their explanations or, or their understanding of what happens means that some of them pick things up that the others did not, vice versa. So in this case, <clears throat> I think uh, Matthew's just, you know, brass just down to, to the base event that, you know, there were six days involved there. Whereas I think Luke may be including um, the first day <clears throat> um with, uh, with Jesus and so on and then the last day of the actual Transfiguration you know is kind of bookends and then you have the six days in the middle. Um, you can argue that if you want but there are no there are no contradictions in the Bible so I'm not going to belabor that fact. Um, the fact is there were six days in there and that's the part that Matthew is focusing on whereas Luke is a little more detailed you'll find that in a lot of Luke's stuff. He's been a doctor and that sort of thing he is very detailed about some of the things he described so he will include things that others may not um, but matthew here is uh he's just including the six days sorry i'm just uh, taking a drink of my coffee it's about to get cold here anyway um so we got the six days he uh, jesus takes peter james and john i'm into a high mountain why he chose those three doesn't explain doesn't tell us why <clears throat> we know those three men played very prominent roles, you know, from uh, the apostles. They kind of became the standouts uh, among the 12. Um, And so, you know, perhaps Jesus just had a, he wanted them to see this special revelation so they would understand the end times. Uh, Of course, John, he used to write the book of Revelation and he revealed much more about the end times to him. But you know, Peter and, and James he wanted them to have an understanding, or some some of an understanding too. So that I guess that's why he did it. So verse 2, uh, and was he took him up into the high mountain, and then in verse 2, and was transfigured before them. His face did shine as the sun, his raiment was white as light. Behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah talking with them. Um then answered Peter, it's it's good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us hear, um, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, one for Elias. I'm going to stop there, and talk about a few things. <clears throat> one of the things I find interesting here is they immediately recognize Moses and Elijah. Um, how? I don't know. They didn't have photographs of them. They had nothing like. Them. There was no ph- photography back then. Drawings, uh, not likely. Um, they probably had no clue what they looked like. Um, I mean, this is a miraculous event. They knew who they were as soon as they saw them. Now, of course, I mentioned before about uh, Moses and Elijah possibly being the uh, the ones in, in Revelation uh, that were killed in the streets, with two witnesses, and they were killed. And I, I talked a little bit about why. Um, <clears throat> Neither of them have obviously Elijah was taken up into heaven and there was no record of Moses death. No, they could never find his body. So they, you know we don't know what happened to Moses. but um, <clears throat> for some reason though, I, you know I think God simply allowed them to recognize who they, these were. but now you know that's interesting to me anyway. you know there's correlation to our lives too, I think in this because the Bible also says when we get to heaven, <clears throat> we'll know as we are known. And, and I think most people believe that when we get to heaven, we will recognize one another. We'll, we'll recognize David. We'll recognize Matthew here, the writer of this this book. Uh, obviously, we'll recognize Jesus. Um, and, and all the prophets and, and great men and women of the Bible that we've studied out. we're going to know who they are. And they're going to know who we are. That's just really going to be a cool thing, I think, that all these heroes of the faith are just going to walk up and uh, say, Hey, Steve, how you doing? You know, been looking forward to meeting you and all that. I I, I just, I don't know. That just thrills my heart to believe that that's the way it's going to be in heaven. There's no introductions are going to be necessary. Um, And I think this is kind of a preview of that. So he comes back with uh, Moses and uh, Elijah. Now, Elijah... Elijah was taken up to heaven about you know, roughly 900 years prior to this. Moses was uh, went to heaven about 1,400 years prior to this, so it's not like they were contemporaries or anything of that nature. They were only contemporaries as far as their service to God. Different roles, but same God and then, uh, you know, different purposes. Moses, of course, was a lawgiver. Elijah referred to as a reformer, and then, of course, Jesus. Is the Messiah <clears throat> now they uh, um, now when this when they when they saw them um, Well, we'll get to another part later but in verse 4 Peter uh, says hey this is great man he says let us uh, let us put up some tabernacles one for you one for Moses one for Elias well there's a couple problems with that <clears throat> of course tabernacle is a tent and uh, you know, maybe used for sacrifice or some some kind of memorial. You know, mankind has a tendency to uh, drift toward relics. Um, now, sometimes God, you know, tells mankind to, to do certain things. Like when <clears throat> He commanded uh, Joshua to put the uh, the pile of rocks in the in the River Jordan to com- to commemorate that event. Um, but he never tells people to put up worship places to anyone but him. Um, and in this, this case, what actually is happening here is Peter is putting Moses and Elijah on the same level as Jesus. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, so you know, that's the second problem. One is that he wants to put up a memorial, which tends to become uh, an idol. Quite frankly, you know, the, the, uh, there's so many relics and that sort of thing in the Catholic Church that uh, they, you know, they claim they don't worship them, but they treat them as, as worship entities. Um, and of course, they, they make many of the heroes of the faith into saints. They even have a criteria for becoming a saint and they pray to them you know, the, 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 the saint of, uh, you know, different things, saint of wealth, saint of health, saint, you know, that sort of thing. And I don't know which one is which offhand, but <clears throat> they pray to different saints for different reasons. So, you know, that's the tendency for mankind to do that, is to move toward the worship of relics and, and then to elevate mankind to the level of uh, Jesus Christ. So anyway, then while he yet spake, verse five, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them and behold, a voice out of the cloud, which said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Now notice what happens. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. All right. Notice they didn't fall when Jesus was transfigured. They didn't fall when his face shone bright. They didn't fall when his clothes became as white. They didn't fall when Moses and Elijah appeared. They didn't fall when the cloud of glory appeared, which, by the way, is just kind of a standard um, method that God used to present himself to uh, mankind. He came in a cloud, you know, of course, in the tabernacle and at different times throughout scripture. Uh, <clears throat> and you know, I'm just kind of chasing a rabbit here, but don't get sidetracked by that because you know, we talk about a you know, coming in a cloud, of course, at, at different times, and and you know, it doesn't necessarily specify um, the rapture because uh, I believe this is actually the second coming when Jesus actually comes in his kingdom, and that's when he brings. Moses and Elijah, perhaps. I and mean, all the saints, now I know all the saints come in the rapture. <clears throat> there, well, I, I take that back. They come when he comes and defeats Satan. So I misspoke there. Um, but, I, you know, he, he'll come and then he'll inhabit the earth. So, um, you know, we're going to see all this occur. But I'm again, I'm chasing a rabbit. That's a different subject. So let's get back on topic here. Um they fell when they heard Jesus' voice, when he spoke. Um, and, you know, that in life is what should happen to us. And I think we need to take note of the fact that, you know, there are times in life when we need to seek a quiet place. We need to go off into a, a place high on a mountain or away from everyone else. or I mean, that's the picture. There's no one else there to, uh, you know, to interfere. <clears throat> but we, we should seek that place where we can go and commune with God because what we want is to hear Him speak. We want Him to speak into our lives. And that is what should make a difference to you and I. Um, that is when... Our life is going to change when we hear, and when I say here, I'm talking about <clears throat> here and adhere to what God says. Um, this is when the disciples heard it; they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, "Arise and be not afraid." And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no man, save Jesus only. That's what should come of our. Time with Christ—that's really what should come of our life of service. Our our, our eyes need to be focused upon Jesus at all the time, and we can't <clears throat> we can't allow ourselves to be detracted or distracted from uh, the things of God and for the purpose of our life. And um, you know what He wants us to do. And, and, you know, God has a plan for each and every one of us, but our pro- our problem is, while we, we want to fulfill his plan, I think, in our hearts, we really want to do that. Um, we have a tendency to allow the things of life to lead us off the path that we need to be on. Um, <clears throat> you know, we get, it's not that those things are so bad, but we can get pretty involved in life and, while still being involved in ministry, not being fully committed to ministry as we should be. Um, I think that's a problem, even with some of our, our greatest Christian leaders, it's just easy to get distracted. Of course, it's easy, we're easily distracted by sin. I was just reading here, before I was doing this broadcast, this podcast <clears throat> about, you know, some of the respected leaders of the faith who fell because they, they were distracted and drawn into sin of some type. You know, nobody's above it. Um, and the only way that we can really avoid that is to have a mindset to kind of nip it in the bud. Because if we entertain sin for any length of time, it'll take hold on us. It's addictive. And, um, you know, we need, we need to focus on the God who loves us, the Christ who came to save us, uh, and the life that He has planned for each and every one of us. Well, I didn't get quite as far as I wanted to today, but we're out of time. So uh, tune in next time and we'll pick up where we left off. Thank you. God bless.